What's up, guys? My name is Clint, and this is the Body of Youth Podcast. Do you want to live a balanced life? In each new episode, we'll be tackling an area of health, exercise, medicine, education, or nutrition, so you too can develop your very own Body of Youth. This journey is all about tackling every aspect of physical and mental well-being, ultimately giving you guys the tools to become your best self. I come with a full supply of experience as an ex-professional athlete, exercise physiologist, licensed therapist, and doctor of physical therapy student, so I want to make sure that every single one of you guys are given the tools to not only improve your physical but your mental well-being, and that will radiate into your careers, your families, and your lifestyle. So come on board, join me, and let's get started. All right, he is in, and we are ready to rock. All right, so today I have with me Dr. Ryan Cannon. DPT, he played elite level lacrosse in the college arena, He also has trained several young athletes in the same space of lacrosse and other hybrid sports. He is also a fitness coach, and he has seen patients from all walks of life, from bedbound to the top professional elite athlete. So without further ado, I'd love to uh, welcome Dr. Cannon. Can we give a big old round of applause? What's going on, big dog? What's up, man? An absolute <laughs> honor to be here. Feeling like this one's going to be a good one. Dude, it always, it always is. So today what we had in store for everyone was we wanted to talk a little bit about just lifestyle, accountability, self-awareness, and leadership. Those are essentially the pillars we wanted to go over, and I thought, what not a better person to bring on and talk about it with you? Absolutely. And as I said, man, thank you for having me on. Um, And I think these pillars are incredibly important for a lot of reasons. Uh, But honestly, I feel like they are the pillars of what I understand. They're the pillars and trajectory I've really built my, uh, my life and career on. And so it's essentially these four things that I think are foundational in a lot of the things that we do, not just in the PT clinic, not just in rehab, not just in coaching, working with athletes out in the field, but in our lives, right? Uh, We can use these things to dictate the trajectory of our lives from these foundational principles. So that's, I'm ready to go. I'm I'm ready. Dude, I love it. I think one of the biggest things, a lot of uh, listeners that are on here today, one of the biggest things that they want to kind of dive into, and a lot of people reach out and ask, well, what is what really does leadership mean? What what is, what are the principles of leadership? Is leadership appointed? Is leadership something you develop? Uh, what is your thoughts on the first um, that first kind of big ingredient, the term called leadership? So my thoughts on leadership are exactly this: you facilitate who you can become to facilitate the environment around you into what it can become. And I believe we get leadership often mixed backwards. So it's almost almost vice versa. We almost think of leadership as, on, I'm on a team. Uh, let me look up to that guy that's, you know, that's the captain of my team, quote unquote, uh, huge quotation marks around captain, right? Because we've all had the, you know, the captains that weren't great leaders, but have been in positions of leadership. Um, and then we've had vice versa to that. We've had the captain that's been a great leader that's facilitated the team and has empowered the team into who they can become. And that is leadership. But I believe, you know, we talk about good leaders. We talk about bad leaders. I believe, I believe the important delineation uh, in those two is what I said earlier, how that person feels they can facilitate their self through leadership. And that is what causes the overflow, that spillover, so to speak, into what that leadership influence can become. Dude, you nailed it. I think one of the biggest things like we were talking about earlier is I, I feel like so many people reach out for the lens of wanting to be appointed as the leader. And so many people yearn for that title and that role. When leadership on the most foundational principle is not chosen by the leader himself or her. 
it's it's essentially appointed by the influence and by the actions that have been taking place over a consistent time period that has then dictated the opportunity of that leader to then um, have rise and ha- have a say and have have weight um, within whatever that they're bringing to the table. Um, I feel like a lot of times people get uh, leadership confused with um, those two roles. What what do you think about the difference between one being anointed that role versus one feeling like they should be given that role? It's uh, as I said, there's a, you know a very important delineation there, and I think it goes back to intent. If that person hopes to be a leader, and the person, and and I'll get back to to what you're we're talking about, but. Uh, when that person tries to delineate between, hey, uh, I want to be a leader, and it often goes down to why, right? So why do you want to be a leader? That intent, that why you want to be a leader, it becomes very see-through once that person gets into a leadership position. So we see people in leadership position that might necessarily not be appropriate for leadership, okay? Now, someone in that leadership is going to be able to identify from that person's, I like to call fruits. Uh, whether that person is living up to, hey, I have a great reason, I have a great intent, I'm, I'm attempting to drive this ship in the forward trajectory, that forward positive direction, and then there's not, right? Um, I believe there's not a lot of fake it till you make it in leadership. So uh, for that person that's looking to be a leader, I believe it's important to just know uh, you can be appointed to leadership, or you can not be appointed to leadership. Sometimes there is a little out of your control in that regard. I've had various experiences in my past where I felt like, you know, maybe I have a better intent than the leader who's on the team, but it's not up to me. So what I can do in that regard, I can be a better leader of myself. And I still have an influence despite not having that quote unquote leadership title. So that captain, that general, whatever you hope to call it, right? So Dude, I think I think you nailed it with with focusing on yourself as the individual. Um, can you tap into a little bit of that um, for our listeners into what what is how does someone start working on themselves to develop this leadership mentality without necessarily needing all of that pressure from their surroundings? Like what are the characteristics and development that you feel like are the best steps in becoming not only a leader for yourself, but for your family, for the individuals around you, for your peers, for your friend group, for your career, for your lifestyle. What is it that you feel like are the pillars towards developing that leadership quality that everyone can attain? So I think it's, you know, it's three really, really, really easy things in my mind. And if I could nail all the principles of leadership with these three things, I'm going to try the best I can. The first one is consistency. So it's showing up every single day, whether you feel like it or not, and whether you feel like you're performing or not, whether you feel like you are bringing something to the table or you're not, you're still showing up every single day consistently. So consistency is number one. Uh, Number two, number two is going to come down to a quote I like to say. I can't say it's mine, uh, but it's from a mentor of mine. I'm going to shout him out, Josh Funk over at Rehab to Perform, an incredible clinic, really moving the needle forward by... Uh, providing an excellent example, leading from the front in what can be controlled and uncontrolled in the medical system. So he always says this, he says, control the controllables. Okay. So you can start by reflecting in your own day to day, thinking about the controllables in your own day, how you intend to make those different and think about the uncontrollables in your day to day. And you can think about how, you know, those aren't really controllable, right? So you leave them be. You leave them be. You think about how they affect you in the day-to-day because they all affect us. Um, We all have uncontrollables. We all have things that distract us from where we're going. Um, But it's really what you do with what you control. And number three, as I said, if I can put it down to three things, the third thing is going to be leaning into your gifts. As a leader, you probably have some things you know you're good at, whether it's communicating with that type of player on the team, if you are on a sporting team, if you are a leader of a, uh, in what we do, right? So in rehab, in fitness, if you're a leader in that setting, it's how well, how well do you develop the things that you know that you already execute pretty good? And how can you develop those skills? Because, and that's going to, honestly, that's going to, that's going to lead me into another of the things we're talking about during this podcast, but 
those are the things you can also control how you lean into your gifts and how you strengthen those gifts and decide to use them for your good in the circle of impact that you have. We, dude, you have nailed every single segment of that. One thing I want to highlight and just kind of summarize what you just stated for the audience is like we've always said, iron sharpens iron to so many degrees. If you're putting yourself in a pack full of people that are not willing to progress, that don't want to go the extra mile, that are just satisfied and being content within their uh, scope of practice or life journey or family situation, you start losing these pillars of leadership. I think leadership as a whole is getting a bunch of leaders together to create a team and create an atmosphere and an environment that creates consistency that creates a level of control around each other where everyone is beating to the same drum and everyone is now flourishing with sharing their gifts and their strengths in unison. And that's where I believe leadership um, and all those pillars like you described really come together and enhance one another. Now, let's say someone is struggling with the concept of finding that group or finding those individuals that they can kind of lean in against. How would you recommend those people go out and find um, those leaders or those people that are progressing their everyday life? How would you uh, explain to those people to go about and, and maybe setting themselves apart from the old group that maybe wasn't very beneficial to them and leaning into a new group and expanding their horizons and getting out of that comfort territory. What, what is your, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. I have, I have some very profound thoughts on this actually, because I honestly, as a leader myself, personally, this is something I've been challenged by and I've struggled with. Um, because as someone who's been very driven his entire life, whether that's been with sports, whether it's been, been with academics, or whether that's been with just honing a craft. And I've had various of those and you have the same, you know, I, I can tell, uh, you know, for someone like you who's played at an elite level, you've had to hone the craft to the, uh, to the point where you're worried about the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. So, and we've talked about this before. Um, I, would, I would say to those people looking for that craft, looking for that way to iron sharpens iron, looking for that way to find that hub of people they can trust. Um, it's, it's, first of all, I would say because of the challenge that's presented with it, I would say, first of all, don't be hard on yourself in the process. Uh, so in your journey, you're going to have some knowns and you're going to have some unknowns. You're going to have some things you know about yourself that you're still learning about. You're still developing. You're still discovering. You're going to have some unknowns. So you're going to have some things that you weren't aware of that you are slowly unfolding, unpeeling and rolling back the layers of during this process. Now for someone like myself, I've always knew that I did well in front of people, but I have and had the tough time in the past uh, reaching out and finding that unison that you discussed that we before me. And I'm saying that because in the face of that, that can be very overwhelming. I mean, me personally, uh, you know, I'm challenged by that. I'm challenged by understanding that, like, there are other people on the same page as me. And, you know, they look out for me. And it's cool to have that. It's excellent to have that. But in that process, you're going you're gonna to have to dabble a little bit. You're going to have to reach out to some people. Uh, you're going to have to find out what they're up to. Uh, and I started with this. I really started... Uh, in finding my circle, finding my community by finding people that I looked up to because they had something that I might, you know, want to acquire in the near future. Uh, what do I mean by that? So if you are on a team, if you're on a team and you want to be a captain of the team, you can talk to that captain. You can see what it's like to be the captain. You can ask that captain what they go through, what they experience, what they uh, process internally, how they deal with it. If you really want to go deep at that level, uh, for someone in our world, in rehab, in fitness, in crafting, a uh, you know, a, a world out of that, there are a lot of opportunities. And I could tell you that the overwhelm for me came with just seeing all those opportunities as something that's possible for me. And I started reaching out to those people. I started re almost reverse engineering, uh, what I wanted and I didn't do so in a selfish way, but I did so in a way that was like, hey, that person is impacting their world at such a crazy level. I wonder what that's like. 
because I can see myself doing that someday. And so you almost have to put yourself at the, at the feet of those people in a humble place with a willingness to learn. And I said it a little bit earlier. It's something that I've struggled with and I've challenged by in the past, but it's really just understanding through that process. You don't have to be hard on yourself. Uh, it's a learning experience and there isn't a perfect way. So as someone that is a high performer like myself, someone that likes to have progress, have it linear, have it predictable. This isn't something that's linear, predictable. And sometimes you just stumble into opportunities uh, just, just like this podcast, this awesome opportunity that you presented with me or you presented me with just the other day. And those sort of doors start to open up when you find that group, you find those people that have similar ideas, have similar thoughts and facilitate that environment for you to grow. So, I, and I say, I say enough, don't be hard on yourself because honestly, the environment opens up and the opportunities open up pretty organically for you. When you find your gifts, you find your strengths and you really lean into those things. But I would tell you that it starts with reaching out, putting yourself in positions where you're a little bit uncomfortable because you're doing something new. You learn about that new thing. You think about it, whether it's for you or not for you, you adjust, you pivot, you repeat until you find, as I said, awesome people like yourself who, and the business world likes to call it synergy, but I would even call it just like-minded vision, right? Uh, people that can collaborate with you with, and this is what I look for personally, um, people that can collaborate with you with a mindset of abundance rather than a mindset of scarcity and who see the world from that same perspective. As there's many doors to be opened, pick one, stay in the course, stay the course, stay in it, get the growth from it, and then kind of you know work your way outwards if that makes sense. And I kind of went everywhere, but I think there's going to be some good stuff in there. No, I, I think what, what you did was you just tied it into the second principle of this podcast, and that is just having self-awareness. Um, I think that was one of the, one of the biggest things you just did is you just went right into level two. And one thing I wanted to highlight with what you said was um, that leadership, one of the first things that it comes to being a quality leader is having the self-awareness of your weaknesses. And this is something that a lot of people can't find the humility to look at, right? No one wants to pick out their weaknesses they just want to focus on their strengths and i like to bring this back to the elite level like we were talking about to become a, a one percenter in any elite sport to become that top tier professional that person is not looking at their strengths they already know what they're good at they already know how detailed they are in so many categories what that person does better than anyone is they're capable of having the self-awareness to look at their weaknesses, to look at who they are as a person and understand where they need to work and where do they need to put their work in the most to become that exponential player in the game. And that's what I like to take uh, as far as a leadership role is having that self-awareness and having that understanding of where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are so that when it does come to a time to learn, you know exactly where you need to strengthen your tools. You know the exact people you need to look out for to be able to give you those tools out of their toolbox to then progressively strengthen your overall well-rounded um, approach. This can be in anyone's career. This could be for us in treatment or rehab approach or style. We all have a different one, but being capable and being self-aware of analyzing those things are absolutely critical in our performance as an individual, as a peer, as a friend, and as a leader. And what are some things that you feel like um, bring your strengths and weaknesses together. Do you look out for? Um, do you do you use your self awareness in a way that you understand your weaknesses to a point where hey, I need to reach out and see where these people have strengths in, and then you combine those. Do you kind of use maybe literature to um, negate those weaknesses? What do you find is the best learning mechanism and approach for you to develop a sense of self awareness and where you need to continue to grow? Mm. So. 
it, it, as I, again, as you pointed out, I, and I didn't even intend to do this, but, but we're talking about self-awareness uh, a little earlier. I mentioned, you know, dabbling in things, dabbling. And what I mean by that is not just mindlessly effortlessly, just, you know, yanking around at blind ideas, low hanging fruit and things that seem like a good idea at the time. I'm talking about doing the deep work. Um, and it's not the easy stuff, but you need to think about the things in your life that have brought you fulfillment. And when you think about those things, when we think about those things, I like to say this a lot, patterns leave clues. And in my life, it's, it was pretty clear what sort of things brought me fulfillment. And I won't get super deep into it, but I like to be able to give back to the spaces that brought me uh brought me progress, brought me, brought me through some tough times. Uh, I had a couple of rehab experiences back when I was younger and an athlete. And I was literally brought from wheelchair bound to back on the playing field. And those were both, and there were two specific instances, but those were both incredibly challenging times to me. And from that challenging time, I looked for ways to give back to those same areas that I was given back. So me physically and me mentally. So, and I say that because self-awareness is different for everybody. We all have different gifts. And I believe this as well. We each have a unique set of skills. Each one of us is very different. And I think it starts with just recognizing, are you looking inside out or outside in? Are you looking internally at the things that you know about yourself? Or are you biasing those things from your external view on how people are thinking about you? And those are deep. Those take deep work. Deep work takes patience. But if you do yourself the service of thinking about uh, first the things that brought you fulfillment, there's probably some clues there into what you're good at, what you're not good at. And I can't say those things specifically for each person because it's all different. It's all contextual based. And the second thing I would say is, you know, do the deep work. Am I looking? outside in? Am I looking at the world around me? Am I playing a game of comparison and then using that comparative lens to subject it on how I feel about my life? Or am I looking internally, thinking about what I know about myself, thinking about what I can control, and then subjecting the action taking in that looking internally onto that external environment? Meaning, for me, I said it earlier, I'm challenged by um, you know, I'm, I'm personally challenged by delegation. I'm challenged by uh, reaching out to people who I know are better at me than something I'm good at. And it's not coming from a place of, uh, it's not coming from a place of, I don't want to feel bad because that person does a better job than me. It's more so along the lines of, for me, trust, right? Can I truly trust this person with that, that skill that I need them to perform? And as I get older, as I grow more mature, as I, as you know, we're having this discussion, I'm hundred percent a learning young leader. I have a lot to learn. And, you know, through that process, you know, there's going to be more I discover, right? So having self-awareness, really just understanding, Hey, like you can control a lot of the emotions you're experiencing. You can control if you're comparing yourself to, you know, your neighbor, your other colleague, you know, the person that sits across from you at work. Uh, the person on your team who plays the same position as you, that's a couple, you know, a couple of notches ahead of you on the roster, so to speak. And you can then figure out, hey, I'm probably good at these certain things because of what's happened in my life so far. And in most cases, you're probably right. So I would say self-awareness for me, uh, you know, that's that's something that I personally do. I personally look inward. I look at, you know, how the environment kind of affects me emotionally. And those are just a couple of things that I do. So there's a there, there's a famous quote out there that a lion does not lose sleep over the opinions of sheep. And this is something that I take a lot of pride in. And it sounds like you were saying a lot of the same principles with self-awareness and how you're looking within your own self and not needing the criticism or or um, or the controversy with what pe other people are saying around you and self-awareness down to the root level has everything to do 
has absolutely everything to do with knowing who you are as a person and identifying that down to its root level. And that's what you're talking about, about doing the deep work and having that self-reflection. Because what it comes down to is when someone is criticizing you or someone comes in with a negative lens or a negative um, topic of debate about what you're doing or how you've performed, it doesn't bother you in regards to um, shifting your mindset or going through these swings of emotion because you have done the self-awareness. You understand where you are going. You understand there will be obstacles along the process. You understand this is not a one-day fix. And that critiques and criticism, that is just a person's opinion. And yes, at times there is good critiques and there is good criticism out there. But being able to sift through that and having the self-awareness of what really applies to you as an individual and what doesn't apply really sets someone up to be an outstanding leader because it always goes down the totem pole. The leader is the first one to get criticized for the performance of the team. That's what a captain has to deal with. That's what a leader has to deal with. So being strong and having a a complete knowledge of self-awareness and identity and knowing that your roots are grounded to a level where there is no shifting, no matter what storm comes through or passes with negative, uh, negative projections coming from the outer world, that you have done the groundwork. You have done the deep-rooted work and understanding that you have a goal, you have a vision, you have a mindset, and there's absolutely nothing that can sway the emotional response that you have because you are self-aware of who you are as a person, as someone who demonstrates true identity. And that is what exactly you are talking about into using those gifts as a leader. So now, this brings me to the discussion of now someone has that self-awareness, what do you think about um, in regards to accountability? How do you stay accountable for your actions day in and day out when no one is watching? And I think a lot of people struggle with this. It's easy to go to the gym. It's easy to perform well in a career when uh, your boss is watching or a personal trainer's in front of you. It's so difficult to get into that mindset of when no one's watching, you're still performing your best work. How can you... Um, as a doctor in physical therapy, as someone giving these uh, tactics to other people, what would you recommend would be the best, um, the best areas to work on accountability and holding yourself accountable when no one is watching? How do you go about doing that? So, man, I, I like to call it uh, the Trojan horse approach. We almost use this in rehab when we so give some premise. I mean, like, we're working with an individual and you and I both know this, but we're going to talk about it for the audience here. We're working with an individual. This person has shoulder pain, let's say, but is it shoulder pain, right? Or is it, this is actually deterring me from my day-to-day life. You know, this, this specific issue is causing a snowball of other issues. So you're dealing with that person and that person tells you that they want to, you know, they want to be able to lift 135 pounds over their head again, like they used to uh, before the shoulder pain started. And you're like, okay, that's super reasonable. That's absolutely reasonable. So there's their, there's your point B. There's your point B for that person. Point A is them coming into the door. So it is our job as rehab providers to get that person from point A. I have shoulder pain. Uh, it's keeping me from reaching my arm overhead to point B. I hope to be able to lift 135 pounds over my head again, just like I was, you know, a little bit ago, not very long ago. Okay. So I like to say I do that to myself and then work backwards. So for myself, where's that point B that I'm trying to get to? What activities, what things am I doing that I'm deterring myself from currently? And what's the symptom of that? You know, what, what the, the symptom of that is from what, so to speak. So I then work backwards and I almost plant, and we've talked about this in the past, but I almost plant stepping stones in my path so that I can hold myself accountable in these things that I know are going to be me kind of addressing the things that I need to get a little bit better at. Yeah. So it sounds like, it sounds like right now what you're discussing is you are setting yourself, you have an end vision, you have an end goal, but you set yourself short term goals in a realm that drives accountability to perform the action daily because you know where you are headed. 
Is that kind of, exactly. is that exactly what you're kind of going with? And the same thing, like I'm talking about that rehab case in regards to shoulder pain. So I'm talking about shoulder pain. We're talking about, you know, the arm reaching overhead, same exact thing. So I'm painting the picture of where I hope to get and then put boundaries around myself in the meantime by planting stepping stones to get there. Amen. I think, I think it's so easy to fall into the trap of lack of accountability for your own actions, being on a personal level. Well, you're working on something you're not good at, right? So you're going to, you're going to, and, and, and I love talking about this stuff too. Let's get fired up on this for a bit because people automatically stay away from the things they're weak at. You do it psychologically. We're inclined that way. We can't beat ourselves up about it because we're literally created that way. Our, our mind is created to gravitate towards the things we're comfortable with. We know we're strong at. It wants to stay away from the things that hurt, that cause us discomfort, that are uncomfortable, that cause us pain. So for someone that hopes to craft a world of accountability, meaning if, if you're hoping to get better, if you're hoping to be more consistent, uh, let's say you're looking to work out five days a week and you're being incredibly unsuccessful. Well, you looked at it this way, but you look at it this way, but let's say you're looking incredibly unsuccessful, like two days a week, you're getting hard on yourself, man. Like I tried last week. I did five days last week. This week I've only done two. It's Friday. Ah, you know, what am I going to do there? And I think to be honest, like I said it earlier, you have to be gentle on yourself in the process because this stuff, as I said, is like the stuff that you're, you know, probably not inclined to want to do. Absolutely. And I think, I think a lot of people struggle with the concept of diving into things they are not good at. But one of the biggest things that I always like to take pride in with myself and my own journey, because we're all here working on our own journeys. We're all here trying to better ourselves. There's not one, there's not one person that's better than the other. We're all here sharpening each other. And for myself, what I find um, is that anyone who's competitive, which a large portion of this audience is very competitive, and like you said, setting those goals and setting those short-term goals for things that you are not very good at puts kind of a little bit of a chip on your shoulder to then attain those goals, to then have that accountability, and you won't get as frustrated because the more you consistently, we're going back exactly to what you first said when we first opened up this podcast was consistency, and the more you consistently put yourself in a position where you are going to possibly fail, that is when you become more comfortable with the notion that you can begin to trust yourself amongst that process. You can begin to have confidence in areas that you didn't think you would ever have confidence in because your level of consistency to the, to the level of um, approach and accountability that you're holding yourself with your most weak areas now, when you enter this zone of strengths, you're like, dude, I got this every day of the week because I've been practicing consistently sharpening all of my weakest tools in my toolbox. And I know when it becomes game day that the level of accountability and the level of yearning to want to be, to want to be in that uncomfortable position and space has now projected me into a lens of when, so, when a p new patient comes in and they've already seen other five therapists and they're asking, what are you going to do differently? Or you're speaking in front of a room of 5,000 people or you're showing up to a ball yard with 50,000 screaming fans because you are the visiting team. You are going to have that same level of confidence because you have been practicing regularly on the weaknesses of your craft and knowing that when it becomes game day, you will rise with your strengths. Yeah. And honestly, going back at that, wow, you said it perfectly. You said it amazing, by the way. Um, wow. Uh, but for me personally, I'm, I'm, I, I focus on grace in those moments. So you talked about those little moments. Uh, we talked about those little stepping stones. I talked about how I like to Trojan horse, almost reverse engineer where I hope to go and plant these little steps because, and I do the little steps on purpose because I do the little steps because I don't want to deter myself by reaching too far too soon. And if I do, that's just the nature of I'm fired up about it and I'm going to go for it. But instead of reaching too far too soon, you know, plant baby steps in your path so you can kind of be grateful and give yourself a little pat on the back and snowball those little wins into that bigger vision, as you're saying. Yeah, I think, dude, you nailed it. And like you were saying, and, and we were talking about earlier about grace, 
What is grace to the root level? Grace is having the understanding that it is okay to fail. Uh, as a baseball player, the when you have when you are up to bat ten times, getting a hit three of the ten times for a batting average of three hundred is an exceptional year. So those seven other times, you are failing every single time you get to the dish and you get to the plate. And with, with constantly going through that failure, you start having an understanding that you are going to put forth your max effort for every single time you get to the plate in knowing that you will fail along the way. And that's when it's capable, and that's when you're capable of handling and, and understanding grace. Because you can't, there is no way it's possible to give yourself grace when you haven't given max effort towards whatever you're trying to accomplish. But it is very easy to get comfortable with failing when you have given it your max effort. And this is where grace becomes accepted. This is when grace becomes understanding because you know you have laid it all out on the table. There is nothing else you possibly could do. And this allows you now to be in an environment where failing becomes uh, uh, I wouldn't say wanted, but it becomes accepted because you know you're pushing the envelope so hard on every single day that you are capable of having grace for yourself because you have given 100% effort every single time um, you've, you've put the task out. And if it comes to a level and degree of failure, then uh, at that point in time, we got to be graceful on ourselves. Yeah, and you said, you said that so perfectly. And it, I would tell you, it's way easier said than done. You're going to agree with me on that 100%. Um, and, 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 you 100% know, people, agree with you. I'm going to go off another quote. I love this quote, but, you know, people see the highlight reels, right? That, you know, they don't see the behind the scenes. And I'm paraphrasing that, but the fact is, if you are able to have that grace in those little moments, people are going to see your highlight reel because you're going to get there. It's not going to quite look the way you expect it because it never quite does. And the obstacles may be a little more deterring than you'd anticipate, but it, you're going to get there. We're going to get there, right? Because that's, that's what it takes. Absolutely. Grace is never understood in the moment of light. Grace is understood while in the shadows. And that is something that I, I really hold true to myself, just like you said, that you nailed it, that we are going to have ups and downs along this process. That's why it is a process. That's why it, there's these big heaps and valleys. But to be able to stay emotionally bought in and held accountable and staying at this level of consistency and having that self-awareness to then dictate a form of leadership, it all starts with having that keen ability of staying level-headed throughout any situation, any failure, and any success. Not, uh, not celebrating successes too high and not getting down on failures too low. It's having an, a, a true understanding of the process and the 100% effort day in and day out and knowing that one day the result will come. You know it will come. It's having confidence that it will come. But it's also knowing that it is a process, that it d will take years, months along your journey. And, it's, and like you said at the very beginning, nothing's better than having a group of people to share that with. I'm talking about my struggles and my challenges. And I know I'm not alone. That's why I'm sharing them. But I would tell you to those people that have shared some of the similar challenges in me, super driven, uh, difficult delegation, difficult with trusting people. And it's not even a trust thing, right? It's just more so... Hey, I, you know, I know what I bring to the table. I know the effort that I bring. And it's to an extent you're like, man, ah, all right. Like I'm letting it go. I really like care about this. I'm letting it go. So like, for me, like you said, you nailed it. Like I, having a community to share that with is incredibly powerful. If they come from a place that support you, support your vision and support, support the, the trajectory you're hoping to take your life. Absolutely. And this kind of ties us into our last pillar that we were talking about within the podcast, 
We understand the role of leadership. We understand the self-awareness to become that leader. We understand what it takes to be accountable to kind of meet those measures along the way. And now, my question to you is, how do we put those all together to form this lifestyle that creates an environment where you're stoked for your buddy to have that same similar success, that you're stoked for your successes and your failures along the way. You're stoked to stay consistent amongst the journey. How do you go about and how would you recommend others to go about putting all those pieces together and living that lifestyle? I want to ask all your followers, just want to ask them. They don't have to, I mean, they're not going to answer. They can answer us in DMs, but what are we living for? What are we living for? And I'm going to start with that question because when you think about lifestyle, you can create it. We can create it, right? We can create it with our, our work life balance. If that's even what you want to call it, you can create it with your mindset and approach to how you serve people in the day to day. Um, but I'm going to rewind a little bit. So when I was a little kid, I always used to dream about this ideal I had for myself, you know, this, this life I had for myself. And I would tell you, it, it was pretty simple. It was like physical therapy clinic, live on the beach, be able to surf, get all that going. And that was it. So then I entered that world and I realized that, you know, the world doesn't want you to have that necessarily. The world wants you to have what the world wants. And the world wants you to have what's the norm, the, you know, the mean, the average. And going off my question, what are you living for? Because when I was a little kid, I wanted to help people. It's very easy to get caught up in other games, other people's opinions on how we hope to live through our lifestyle. And it's very easy if you let it be to lose track of the life you are trying to craft and create. Another question I want to ask your, your followers is how many lives do we get to live? Because I believe we get one. And if that is indeed the case, then we should have a little bit of urgency in this one to create the lifestyle that is the best for us. Not the best for Beverly, not the best for Karen. Karen gets her lifestyle too, but the best for us. So if we're talk if we're talking about, you know, leadership, accountability, self-awareness, they all spill over into that. And if you remember why or what you're hoping to craft and create, you can work backwards in all those other things we discussed foundationally. So, Absolutely. I, th I think you nailed it in regards to the lifestyle. And one thing I want to highlight that you said was you, as the individual, as the listener on here today, um, you get to create that lifestyle. And one of the things that like we talk about all the time, me and you talked about it before, is everyone, I don't care who you are, what circumstance you've been put in, what condition, what financial trouble or stability, what zone you're in to a T, how many kids you have, how many kids you don't have, problems. We all have problems in different regards. We all have different issues and circumstances that everyone's dealing with. I want to remind people, if you do not like your job, you have the decision to create a new job. You have the decision to be able to go out and find a different job. If you're in a different type of circumstance or situation, you have the opportunity and the decision to make better positive decisions in regards to driving that influence and driving that lifestyle. And people that are caught in a negative lifestyle are people that are forgetting that they hold the decision on their life. Wow. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. And I would also, you know, tell those same people, uh, that same group of people, I would tell them to look at their current situation. Just look at it honestly. And is this what they hoped? And if it's not, there's opportunities for those people, as you said, you know, that 
the world kind of, and I obviously think this, but I, I feel like the world almost wants you to sit on your hands and kind of accept it as it is. But we have freedom. We have freedom to make choices, to craft uh, opportunities, to search for other opportunities, to find a creative way to get what we want, if that's what it takes. And if that's not what it takes, then there's another option out there. Uh, and something that I really sit on too is like, if you get told 25 times, no, for something that you really want, but on the 26th time, you get told yes. Would you ask for the 26th time? And, you know, in my life, in my, yeah, in my life, you know, I go off the example, like literally what I wanted. It's like, I forgot that, you know, I got caught up in the, in the, you know, the routine, the game. Uh, and it's part of it, you know, part of life is going through a system and getting where you hope to go. There are steps involved. You can't skip steps sometimes and that's okay. But I would tell you that it's very easy to lose sight of where you hope to go. It's very easy. And that's why I, I would encourage to have mentors, have people around you, have a community that pushes you that organically has you questioning your current lifestyle. Because if you are living in your lifestyle, you are facilitating an amazing version of yourself. And the world gets, just gets able to benefit that from like a chain reaction standpoint. Your positivity is infectious. That love gets shared into someone else. That person feels empowered, fired up. They go talk to 10 of their friends. For, so you just having one conversation, one interaction from one person can snowball into hundreds, thousands something to think about, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think at this point, we, we understand that we can give this perspective to people. We can give this, these different lenses and ideology of application. But one of the biggest things that we need, we need to understand is having those pillars lined up to then be able to create that lifestyle. To be able to have that self-awareness of who we are down to the identity of who we want to be. To be able to hold ourselves accountable with a level of consistency um, for sharing our gifts and using those gifts accordingly. And to be able to become that leader that we've always wanted to be through applying the self-awareness and applying the consistency and accountability day in and day out and letting our actions speak for themselves Putting all three of those pillars together creates an infectious environment and creates a lifestyle that other people want to jump onto, which then creates a lifestyle for those people that are the branches of those people. And then now you start having a formation of a positive environment, a positive influence. So one thing I like to encourage, and, and me and you talk about this all the time, and you nailed it so well throughout this podcast today, was if you're in a level of complacency, if you're in a realm, in an environment where you're not being challenged within your peer group, it might be a good time to start making different decisions and getting uncomfortable in situations time and time again and having grace for yourself when a certain failure comes about and knowing your vision and, and having that self-awareness because self-awareness down to a T is a concrete vision. That's really the definition of self-awareness is having that concrete vision. And with knowing that, I want to challenge everyone that's listening today to challenge, to challenge yourself and your perspective and, and write down these four pillars. What does leadership mean to you? What does self-awareness and accountability mean to you? And ultimately, what does your lifestyle? You already challenged them, uh, you said earlier, uh, Ryan. What, what does your lifestyle look at in the next 10 years? And I think that's something a lot of people will be able to kind of hold on to and, and, and grasp. Um, is there anything else that you feel like um, people need to know or acknowledge before they go on and get off this podcast and sign up for the next marathon because they're just so fired up? Ron? It's funny you because said that because so I, I was literally about right to now? tell them to put no limits on what they're able to achieve. Um, 
I've I've lived my life for the longest time thinking that the impact I would be able to have would only be with uh, within physical therapy. And the more I live, the more I act, the more I'm consistent, the more I'm accountable, the more I'm a leader, the more I'm aware. And the more I just embrace, hey, I really want to live this life with my lifestyle in mind. Uh, I think you just realize that, holy cow, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And there's a lot of awesome people that share a similar vision. And there's a lot of people that see the world differently. And I thought that I was the only one. And so I would say if that resonates with any of you all, absolutely would love to encourage you. Uh, I know, Clint, I know you're a absolute powerhouse as far as it goes with giving people functional tips and getting people moving in the right direction, firing people up. But place zero limit on yourself, zero, because you're, first of all, dishonoring yourself and the life style you hope to live because if you hope to step into who you hope to become you have to take the hat off your head you do so that's what i would say well said well said i think at the end of the day to summarize everything that we talked about within this podcast i think at the end of the day we know that those pillars and create that lifestyle, the level of consistency, having those gifts, applying those gifts, all of those things bring a positive perspective to what the journey in life really means to the individual. One thing I want to recommend for everyone is to just take a glance and have some self-awareness and some self-reflection as that is the season of growth and that whatever circumstance that you're dealing with, there is no circumstance or challenge that cannot be defined. And with that, no, I'm saying with, with that too, we're going to say one more thing with that. Cause there's probably someone questioning out there, whether I have gifts, do I have gifts? And each and every one of us was born on this planet with a set of skills that someone else does not have. And it is up to us, as you said in the podcast, it's up to us to embody those skills, to act in those skills and to stay that course. So I guess that's that's my last point right there. Hey man, dude. You smashed this. So this is another episode of Body of Youth Podcast. Again, if you guys have any questions or any um, concerns or you want to just start a conversation, you could always reach out to me in direct message. I'm on Instagram, TikTok. You can leave a message via podcast. You can give us a review. And then I will also... Uh, make sure to share uh, Ryan's contact within uh, the podcast episode. So if you guys do want to reach out, you could always reach out to him as well. Um, I want to thank Ryan one more time. Dr. Cannon, thanks for coming on. You've been nothing but a pleasure. I was stoked to get you on. Um, and you shared nothing but nuggets of wisdom. And I think so many people are going to benefit from this episode. Once again, guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. My name's Clint, and this is the Body of Youth Podcast. I hope with each and every new episode that gets put out, you're learning something new. If you want to talk about it and marinate and discuss, you could always send me a direct message or an email. I'd love to talk to you. Again, your voice will always be heard. That's super important to me. So never feel shy about reaching out. I want to make sure that you will be able to provide your best self to the world. That is ultimately one of my biggest passions about being here on this platform. So if you guys feel like you've been touched in any way, please leave a review and uh, tag your friends. That would be huge. All right, guys, wait till next episode. I'll see you soon.